you are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, February 16th. Fantastic show coming up for you today. So we have the Super Bowl to review, right? America's biggest holiday, the NFL's Super Bowl 57, was a fantastic watch. Uh, we have that, all of the It was an all-timer. It was an all-timer. Easily, easily. Uh, great 100%. matchup. Uh, lots to talk about from that today. We're going to we, gonna piss off a couple, fa- at least one fan base today. Uh, I mean, we already, we're, if, we're you've seen my, if you've seen my attire already, you already are pissed, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, if, if you're to, from a particular part of Pennsylvania, um, Philly. If you're from the dirtiest city on the East Coast, <laughs> um, welcome. We yeah. appreciate you stopping in. Hey, I have some complimentary things to say about the Eagles here in a little bit. They played well I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. I do have some complimentary things to say about the Eagles, um, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I'm also going to so. piss them off, too. It's a, it's a balance. You it's have a to keep a balance. Act. have to keep right. a balance. And, hey, hey, I do the same thing with their rival, the Cowboys. I'm telling you, Dak's a franchise guy. But he's not worth $45 million. No. So it's a balancing act. It's always um, balancing act. But the, the show today is going to be great. So we have our the opening rant from Tim to start off. Um, I have it titled as Philly, Hold Your L. Um, so that's kind of the, the gist of things. And then we're going to move into hits and misses to finish off the first segment like we normally do. And then in the second segment, we are re-ranking the top 10 players from the Super Bowl. We did a, we did a pre-ranking uh, before the Super Bowl. We're going to go over where we were right, wrong, kind of like a second hits and misses, except a little more specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and then... There's a couple. We're 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 gonna hold a couple L's on that one. I'm just gonna throw it out. Yeah, yeah. Jalen not being on the list. That one's gonna hurt a little bit. That that does hurt. We're gonna uh, talk about that. Finish out that segment with the news though, and then in the third we will have a kind of another rant discussion to get to, and then uh, we will play up down sideways. Haven't broken that game out in a while. It's been uh, a while. Mainly because we've just been so swamped with predictions for the last yeah. twenty like eight weeks. Just something like uh, that, right? Right. So we will do an up down sideways on how NFL teams stand currently what their outlook's like, yeah. and uh, we'll get into all that. But that's the show for today, so let's <clears throat> let's hop right in. Uh, Philly so, loses. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off relatively complimentary of Philly. I would say, you know, being – I'm not a Chiefs fan. I just don't really – I'm not – I mean, I'm a Pittsburgh guy, so I'm not going to sit there and act like I'm, I'm rooting for Philly just to, oh, I'm impartial. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't like Philly. Let's be real here. Um, and I, I've been pretty honest about that, right? I mean, but I will say – I have great respect for Jalen Hurts. I, I would pay him tomorrow. I think the maturity, the leadership, what he showed with a bad shoulder. Um, I thought for what, a 15-minute quarter, so 45, I would say for about 53 minutes, he thoroughly outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Um, I would say if you made a list of the top five throws, he had four of them. I mean, that, that throw to Goddard, insane. There were a couple of them, right? So he had a fantastic game. And here's, here's what's crazy. Did you see the Hail Mary at the end? If that doesn't tell you what Jalen was playing through, he made it like, what, 35 yards? It was, a, it was an awful throw. Because that shows you what he was playing with with that shoulder. He was nowhere close to 100%. Put on an all-time performance. Nick Sirianni. I would say, really nice game plan. Did you get beat in the adjustment game? Yeah, who'd you get beat? by? Andy Reid. I mean, are we going to sit here? Are we going to crucify Nick Sirianni? Because he didn't make as good of adjustments as, oh, I don't know, the best coach especially the best second-half coach, especially the best second-half coach off a bye in league history? No. 
With the best quarterback. No, with though, the yeah. best quarterback, right? Like, that's just the. I'm not going to sit there and crucify Nick Sirianni for that. We can we can nitpick this, that, and the other thing. But in reality, he had a really nice game plan, was really, really emotional, was fired up. His team fed off it. You could feel it early, right? So now that I have said that about the Eagles, I just want to preface it by saying that. Much like my message to Cincinnati, shut your mouth, all right? I am so sick and tired. But the, but the call. Oh, the, the holding call. Okay, let's break this down. First of all, everybody on the internet that's that's taking a little screenshot of the call, can we actually screenshot the correct portion of the play that the actual penalty was on? It wasn't when Juju turned up field. Not at all. It was when he was making the break to then break back outside and burn Bradbury like they've burned those the, the, the DBs on like five or six routes in the same very quarter. Okay? So that's where the holding was. Let's start there. Second of all, if I hear one more person tell me that that ball was uncatchable, I'm going to lose my effing mind. Clearly you don't know football. If I get one little weasel from Philadelphia in my TikTok comment telling me that I suck and that this is the worst take and that that ball was uncatchable, I will... Literally jump through the screen at your eight-year-old face and punt you down the stairs, kid. Because you clearly don't know football. Obviously. Because if you did, you'd know that there's no such thing as an uncatchable football on a holding call. You want to know why? And I bet you don't even know why. Because if you're dumb enough to make that argument, you don't know why. I'll tell you why. Because the holding, a holding penalty, is contact or impedance of the receiver before the ball is thrown. So the ball is not in the air when the penalty is committed. Therefore, the ball that has not been thrown yet cannot be uncatchable because it's still in the freaking quarterback's hand. Okay, let's start there. Third thing. Third thing. The whole, at that stage of the game, you can't make that call in that moment. What are you, what are you talking about? It's the same rules the entire game. It's whenever they first... Snap the ball the first play of the game and the last play of the game. It's the same rule book. I hate to tell you, there's not a breakdown by like, hey, first quarter, this is what you're going to call. Second quarter, you're going to call this. Like, I know the whole like scripted thing has been big. Like, there's not like a script for what the officials call based on the quarter. I hate to let you in on that information, Philly fans. I'm sorry to bum you out, but that's just a fact of the matter. It has never been since, I don't know, like the 80s when they made the Mel Blunt rule because he would just absolutely eviscerate receivers as soon as they stepped off the line. They couldn't even get into their routes because he would absolutely mug them. So they made a rule like, hey, you know, we got we to not let them tackle receivers so we have some semblance of entertainment in this game. After all, it is a TV show. Let's remember that. Um, so it's never been since that, what, 19, probably 80, right? You have never been able to hold a receiver to impede his separation and slingshot yourself back into position to cover him. That has never been and will never be not holding. It never will be, never has been. Right? Go look frame by frame. Juju is going to break inside, and then he is going to plant his foot, spin, and go to break outside. I don't care if it's behind the line of scrimmage. It does not matter. He's then going to break outside. Here's why it's important, right? So not only all game have the Chiefs and burning him on that route, that's the point of separation. It's not like he was just running a go and there was some contact both ways, right? That is the point of separation. 
right? Officials are looking at the top of routes. That is the top of that route, right? That's like doing a curl route. You know how like on OPI, if at the top of a route you see a receiver extend their arm, it's PI because that's where the contact matters. So at the top of the route, it has never been and will never be okay to physically impede somebody's progress, thus slingshotting yourself by holding back to a closer point to then defend the football. It's never been okay. It never will be okay. Like, I'm very confused where this notion that, like, oh, it was a little tug. Okay, it's never been okay. You can't do it. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Go listen to Sirianni. Go listen to Bradbury himself. Go listen to Jalen Hurts. Nobody's making excuses except for sorry-ass Philadelphia fans. That's on you. That's on you. Wake up. Here's an idea. Maybe make a stop in the second half. Maybe don't let a 60-some-yard punt return. Maybe don't go to switch hands, drop the ball, and let it go for 60 yards the other way. Well, like, there's, there's like plenty of things you could have done for that not to be a problem. Yet it was a problem, and that's who you're going to blame. And we're all so shocked that Philly fans are sorry as hell. All right, that's just the fact of the matter. I'm sorry to, to, to let your sky come crashing down on you as if Sunday didn't do it bad enough to you, but that's just the reality of it. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Lost to a better quarterback, better coach, probably a better offensive line at least that day. It is what it is. But to, but to sit there and blame an official, you didn't make a stop in the second half. You had, you had two guys in the red zone get open by 10-plus yards. In the red zone. That doesn't happen. That's that's not a real thing. All right, in the NFL. That's just not a thing. So, I mean, we can sit here and blame, and blame people, but at the end of the day, it's, it's their fault. Yeah, and I think this is like one of the first times where you see, like, evidently, People are coming out, like the guy who committed the penalty. Right. Most of the time, when they're going to come out and say, no, yeah, that was a penalty, why are you still arguing it? It was so blatantly obvious. It was also right after the game. It's not like he like took his time, digested it, sat back for a week, went radio silent. Right after the game! And people are people are pissed about the timing of that penalty, right? They're like, oh, well, why did they call that one? Well, what if they didn't call that one? What's the timing of that non-call, right? Because then the game could be completely different. They called a penalty. The penalty occurred. They called it. That's their job as NFL officials. They did their job. I, mean, I agree. I agree. I, I, look, I just and 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 I'm, I I do feel a little bit for like Philly fans. You know, it that's a sucky way to end the game. And and even me, I wanted the Chiefs to win. Clearly, um, <laughs> for for some monetary reasons, but also you know to prove myself right and again to dump on Philly. But <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway <laughs> but no for real though i would have preferred it end in a, in a better way i think that was an all-time super bowl that kind of had a little bit of a lackluster ending to it like i would have liked to see whether they complete that pass they go on and score and they have x amount of time or whether they bleed the clock out but they win on like not their own terms, but quote-unquote the right way. But they go down score maybe, and they or, leave 30 seconds for Mahomes. And... Or, well, no, no. So I'm saying, like, say say that, that that doesn't get called, but he just doesn't hold him. He gets out of the break. It's a completion, first down. Yeah. Maybe the Chiefs score. Do they, do they leave enough time on the clock for the Eagles? Do they not? Do they end up kicking a field goal anyway? How much time does that leave the Eagles? Or, or even if... It's a no call. It's still a holding. It's an incomplete pass. They kick the field goal. There's about 90 seconds for Hertz. First of all, are they able to drive? If they do drive, do they leave too much time for Mahomes? Like, I would have rather see, rather have seen a variety of those options, yeah. any of those options, as opposed to this one. But at the end of the day, like the outcome I was hoping for, 
still came to fruition. I would have just, I'm with, I'm with a lot of the fans. I would have preferred it happen in a different way. Yeah, but yeah. it's a penalty at the very. Yeah, end but of the nonetheless, day. it wasn't the it wasn't the wrong call. It was just an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Well, we were right on the winner of that Super Bowl. So let's get into hits and misses, where we go over where we were right and wrong. Here we go. <clears throat> so let's actually start there with hit number one here. Um, not only did I call it the winner, I called it down to the point. To the MVP. Um, I had, and down to the MVP, so I had the Chiefs by three. I had Mahomes being the Super Bowl MVP. Now it was higher scoring than I thought. I said 27-24, ended up being 38-35. But, but I also said it's going to be Chiefs with like a last-minute field goal, Yep. and they are going to win by three. Now, like, I might have the script, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Send it um, over to the uh, so, to the email. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, <laughs> did you see uh, Nate Burleson? He, he used to be a former wide receiver. Um, I want to say for like, the Lions stuff. Had a decent NFL career, but um, better than I'll ever have. But anyway, he uh, I think he's on, like, NFL Network or something like that. He was on one of the pregame shows, and he came out, guessed the final score correctly, 38-35, and guessed Andy Reid would have Andy Reid would have his best coaching game as a coach, which I would say he did. I thought yeah. that was given the it circumstances, given the stage, given that his quarterback's on one leg. I would say that's probably the best coaching performance I've ever seen um, from him. And then uh, he also predicted Mahomes Super MVP. Yeah, that that's was, crazy. That that's was crazy. Insane. Now I'm not quite that good, but I'm damn close. I'm just throwing it out there. My MVP pick, uh, MVP pick was Travis Kelsey. Uh, that almost it, let him in receiving. It was uh, he was second in MVP voting really? apparently uh, for, see, for Super Bowl MVP. See, I'm not gonna lie. I probably even though he lost, I would have went Hurts for second. Really? Because I don't even think that game is even. That game's not even close if Hurts doesn't have the game he right, has. Right, but you, it, they it, averaged like two yards a carry without him rushing. Playing devil's advocate, he also gave them a free scoop and score. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean like. He had four total touchdowns. Yeah. If that cancels I mean, out, because it basically, it basically cancels out one for one because on the same exact play, it went down and scored. So he has three total. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that that's doable, right? I mean, that's still that's still really impressive. And like I said, that game isn't even a game without Hurts. But I whatever. Nonetheless, Kelsey did have a good game. I, th- yeah. I just thought he disappeared a little bit in the second half. That's all. Anyway. All right, miss number one here. Um, we didn't have Jalen Hurts. As I sit here and I, I give him his flowers, we didn't have him as a top ten player going into the Super Bowl. That was a miss. Yeah. Right. Do we, or no? Do we have him? No, he was he eleven. Wasn't, we had him okay. Like we had him eleven. 11. 12, okay. Yeah. I don't know if he was like not. I, I was okay. So anyway, we had him at like eleven. Um, I just thought the bad shoulder would hamper him. Like what we saw in the Hail Mary, that's what I thought we would kind of see the red like the entire game. Yeah. Not a lot of velocity. Not a lot of touch. Accuracy would be a little bit off. He is um, precise. Though. Would probably be a little bit more hesitant to run kind of leading with that shoulder so his right shoulder running to the left i thought would be a little bit tough he hasn't been able to throw right a bunch like in the uh, nfc championship game no no um he threw the ball unbelievable uh i thought it was probably given the circumstances his best game as a pro even with the fumble could you imagine he didn't fumble because they probably win he's probably the mvp and he has probably full who knows what they go down and score? Maybe he has five total touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like that's it's probably his best game as a pro given the circumstances, and he still had room for improvement. That's what's in. That's pretty impressive, actually. He was uh, he exceeded expectations this year. I will say that we were kind of wrong on Jalen Hurts all year. Yeah, stamped it off with this final being wrong on him. Yeah, and uh, you know, turn around, take the uh, take the good old 
the predictions into next season yeah. for him. To be fair, though, we pivoted like week three. We we're like, oh no, no, like that looks different. Like yeah. he looks significantly well, he took better. Really big steps yeah, this year, right? So it's not. I mean, we weren't, and that's the thing. If you're wrong or you miss, like you got to move. You got to move off it. You know. Yeah. Um, you got to kind of correct yourself quickly. No sense in dwelling on it, which we did. So that's good. All right, hit number two. Hit number two here. I said. Um, I, we, we talked about this. Derek Carr's a really solid quarterback. We're higher on Derek Carr than a lot of people are. Um, but I did say you can't be giving up, like, your number one receiver and a pick just to trade for him. Like, and then pay him with his $40 million that he's going to be guaranteed this year. That's yeah. just not going to work. He can't carry a depleted roster. But he got released. That's probably the best thing for him. I mean, reality, it, it probably is. So he doesn't have to go to a depleted team. They can just sign him. They don't have to give up a whole lot. They can renegotiate the contract so you can sign other players. Get pieces around them. That's the best thing for him, and that's what I said would be the best route because I just don't think it'd be smart for New Orleans to go give up a second and a, and a starter in the, on the, in the secondary or something, whatever yeah. they were going to give up, just to get Derek Carr. And then they're going to have to pay him $40 million, so you're going to have to cut somebody else. Like It's not a good situation. Well, now for Derek Carr, they're saying that uh, he has shut down all rumors of him going to New Orleans. So now they're looking at like the Jets, um, we'll the, the Falcons was one of them that they threw out there. The yeah, Carolina still in the Carolina yep. and uh, Indianapolis was a was a I think the fourth or fifth landing so, spot for him. So if he goes anywhere in the NFC South, wherever he goes, that is that not the division winner, right? Oh, if it's the NFC South, yeah. And I, I mean, was he... the Falcons, I'd probably hesitate on. I like their coach. Don't I'd pump love the brakes a little bit on on Carolina. Oh, I think Carolina. Oh no, see, I'm the opposite. I think Carolina instantly is a 10 win team with them. They have a real defense. They have a real pass rush. I'm not saying DJ Moore's a one a, 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 but he's a good like one B, like a second tier number one receiver. Yeah. Well, him being released now helps this situation a ton. Yeah. Right. And they they've been able to run the football a little bit even without McCaffrey. So I don't know. I don't think it's that bad of a situation. I right, missed number two here. Um, I I kind of thought Brian Flores was the guy for Arizona. I said he'll come in. He'll be a really strong, disciplined guy. Kind of get some. Get some of their stuff like straightened out, like Kyler, you know, not being in the facility enough, all that, right? I just, I, I thought he would have been a good, like, kind of stern figure to kind of yeah. right the ship. You need that. Uh, but instead, they go with Jonathan Gannon and uh, the defensive coordinator, the, the Eagles. I mean, he got absolutely undressed in the Super Bowl, so I don't get it. I don't get that hire at all. I think Arizona's a mess. Um, I also find their team and their franchise highly unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I say this about Aaron, like, Every night, like Aaron outside of football, like like him on the uh, like the Joe Rogan, I thought I found that awesome to watch. Aaron with football, I find not likable at all. I don't find Arizona likable, watchable. I don't want to root for them. I don't yeah, care about them, to be honest with you. I agree. Hit number three here. I figured uh, Shane Steichen was going to go to the Colts. That was kind of an obvious one with the Sirianni connection, the Frank Wright connection. Um, it kind of all adds up. These two organizations have been have been doing business for a while, so I would imagine he you know was the front runner for a while. I said that on the show and. Uh, I, I think he did a really nice this really nice job this year. Even last year with Hertz's development, I like the hire. Um, kind of pretty easy to see that one coming. I think he'll do well. Oh, 100%. Um, I'm excited to see – or interested to see how Philadelphia yeah. then comes out of this and with, what Jalen Hurts looks like next year. Two new coordinators. But, I mean, let's be real. That that's a struggle. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a lot on Sirianni. I mean, look at what can we saw. With, look at what we saw with Buffalo. Josh Allen is not the same guy so far without Brian. And, he's an, and we can safely say that. And we can also safely say that he is a. Maybe not significantly, but a much better talent than Jalen Hurts. Yes, like and, a much and, better. And you can just see talent. a step down there. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for this next yeah. year. All right, Mr. Number Three here. Hey, look, I've been saying it a bunch that I would I would keep Mike Sullivan if I was the Penguins, but I don't know. I, I see him going on a road trip and get. God, they're getting they're getting trounced every getting time they leave. Pittsburgh. Waxed by the Ducks, the Kings. I mean, it's laughable. I mean, they're they're borderline unwatchable. If it wasn't for Crosby being 
somehow the enforcer over the last like three or four games where he's like he's the one sticking up for everybody uh, if it wasn't for that then i probably would not watch the team much at all he has turned into uh, like Derek england from like 2000 yeah he's like mixing it up he's like kind of <laughs> getting into it a little bit he's getting into the refs but uh either way it's not it's not a good situation in pittsburgh right now but they're still in the uh, in the playoff race still in the playoff hunt i think they're might even be in a playoff spot right now. They're, so uh, the last wild card spot right now. Is they're clinging they're on, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll keep monitoring that situation. But uh, no, that's all we got for the first segment here. <clears throat> Coming out in the second segment, we will have the re-ranking of the top ten players. Finally, giving Jalen Hurts his official flowers. Um, top ten players from the Super Bowl. So uh, don't go anywhere. All right, it's the issue. It's second segment. On a beautiful post Super Bowl Thursday, yeah, I'm happy. My hat's happy. It feels good. Free hat, by the way. So you know, went to went to support a, a local small business, little local bar in the area. Not from Kansas City at all. Wasn't near Kansas City even a little bit. Never known you to be a KC um, fan. But hey, they 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 said it. Write your name on this piece of paper. Fold it up. Put it in a bucket. I brought my name on a piece of paper. Fold it up. Put it in a bucket. First name called. Got my pick of the litter at a table of uh, of like merchandise. They had some Eagle stuff. Um, like both, you know, both teams merch. They had like sweatshirts, some yeah. gloves. Yeah, this was this was probably the best bang for your buck. It's a forty-seven brand. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. So, would you consider yourself lucky? I never get picked for stuff like that. I would, and it's 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 like the most random things that I find luck in, right? So, like, I don't know. I, as soon as I saw the paper, I was like, "Oh, that's my name." Like, it's just one of those things where I just had a feeling. That, I just knew it deep down. That's I'm, I'm be getting nice. picked. To be fair, it was pretty dead in the bar. So <laughs> there's only like probably 20 names in there, and there was like eight. You're pulling like eight names. So well, I mean, that does uh, improve the probability a yeah. little bit. But either way, so to start off here, we're gonna re-rank the we're gonna re-rank the top 10 players in the Super Bowl, right? So for example, we had Hurts at 11. Right? I didn't think with his shoulder injury, he wasn't playing well going into the Super Bowl. I didn't think he was a top 10 player. I thought he was more of a complimentary player. Nope, wrong. Right. So you're gonna see kind of where where our thoughts are, you know, where, where people lie. So, um, I, without further ado. Yeah, let's go. Let's go for it. Okay, we'll start at number 10 here. Let's go with Travis Kelsey. Now, I know you second in MVP voting, but he did disappear a little bit in the second half, right? He had, like, I think four first-half catches, um, only two, I think, in the second half, something like that. Um, he did lead the Chiefs in receiving, so he definitely deserves to be on this list. He had a touchdown, so he was good. I, I thought it was interesting, though, uh, a player a little higher on this list, and you'll see, you'll see where he ends up and who it is, um, was actually more of a third-down target because Kelsey's normally that big third-down target. Yeah. Somebody else was for the Chiefs, so I think that's also why he wasn't quite as high uh, on the list. But he did play play oh, well. Played a great uh, game. Thought he could have been better down the stretch, but either way, they get the win. He sits at 10. Look, when you can lead in receiving in a Super Bowl, I mean, come on. Yeah, not not all receivers, but yeah, for, well, a team, yeah, for the winning yeah, team for especially. For the winning right, team. Right, right, right. Uh, he very productive in the first half. Really got the Chiefs' momentum going yeah. to, to get started. Um, yeah, so Travis Kelsey at 10. He's got to make the list at least, you know. Right, let's go number nine here. I think Nick Bolton. Now, people might think Nick Bolton is at nine is a little low considering he had a touchdown. Um, some people might also think it's high. For the people that think it's a little bit high to rank Nick Bolton in the top ten, look, not only did he scoop and score that, because that's not – I mean, it's a big play, so it's memorable. It's not like that was like that incredible play. I mean, you pick up a ball and run. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like it's he not was... like he like made a one-handed catch, leaped over three people, and then somehow and then broke scored. Like six, seven tackles yeah, on the way no. in. But what's interesting though is the reason that Hertz went to switch the ball to his right hand is because Bolton was coming. I think it was like what I don't know the C gap um, to make the tackle. Right, Hertz here goes to switch to his right arm to get outside. That's when he lost control. Bolton was right there. So Bolton kind of pressured him into that fumble. 
Um, so I think that's more significant than people think. So he's at number nine. Number eight here, this is the person I was talking about. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is at eight. So I think he was a he was a critical piece, especially on third downs um, and, and really keeping them ahead of the sticks. He didn't do anything crazy, but it was just consistently seven, eight, nine yards, yeah. keeping them on schedule ahead of the sticks, third down conversions, a really nice safety valve for Mahomes, which is kind of the receiver he is. He's a bigger slot guy, so he's going to be a, a bit of a mismatch on, on like a nickel corner. That's going to cover him in the slot, like a yeah. like a Mike Hilton. Right, he's be a mismatch a, a big on him. Mismatch there. But he's also got a, he's got a really nice route running skills, which makes him a bit of a mismatch also for like a linebacker. So he's yeah. a he's a tough, he's a sneaky little little guy there in the uh, in the slot. So Juju at eight feels about right. And to he's me. somebody that wasn't like expected to make a big splash in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think that also points back to Andy Reid and his ability to just scheme everything open. Uh, being able to get Juju in those matchups that he likes, I think just says a lot, also, especially against a defense like that. I'm not saying that, like, oh, Juju deserves, like, you know, a ton of flowers for this, but, like, he ran the route that caused the holding. You know what I mean? Like, he planted his foot. He sold inside enough yeah. to where a really, really solid NFL corner in James Bradbury felt he had to hold in order to cover that route. That's yeah. a good route to me. Like, that's... And I, I know it's not, you know, oh, a big 80-yard touchdown, but it's the little things like that. That's important. That's a big spot. Absolutely. All right, number seven here, Kadarius Tony. I thought the sole most impactful play yeah. um, that, you know, honestly, maybe even over the, the penalty probably was that punt return. Oh. I thought that was the most impactful play um, in the Super Bowl. I there, There's stuff that you can't teach. There's a, there's a picture where there's like nine guys around Kadarius Tony and maybe like two blockers. And they're like, yeah, Kadarius Tony ended up getting out of this and like going for 60 more yards. Like it's just, it's just crazy. It's stuff you can't really teach. And he also had a touchdown receiving, yeah, um, scheme by Andy Reid, but nonetheless, still a touchdown receiving. So I thought those two massive plays from Kadarius Tony. It was awesome. Uh, the, the, are you kidding me? Set Mahomes up and give him the ball at the five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the that's first huge. set of downs. That's huge. Come on, like that's huge. All right, number six here, AJ Brown. Um, I thought you know. Now, he played he, his ass off. Yeah, I, I thought that deep route, that adjustment, people were saying, oh, Hurts with a nice ball. I thought that ball was a really, really bad throw from Jalen Hurts. I it thought was, that was, was actually, I thought that was his worst throw. It was underthrown. It was way too far out towards the numbers. I thought it was one of the worst throws of the night. Um, and it ended up looking like one of the best throws because A.J. Brown is that guy. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was that was insane. Um, and he was a big reason why they were in that, in that football game. So A.J. Brown at six. Yep. But Devonta Smith is slightly higher at number five. And I know we're only ranking really the Super Bowl, but I think you got to look holistically here. He accounted for 54% of the receptions throughout the playoff from Eagles receivers. So he really, really, I don't want to say put the team on his back, but put the receiving core on his back to an extent here in the playoffs. Yeah. He's been spectacular. He led all uh, Eagles receivers in yards. He had seven catches for 100 yards. In that first half, um, it was, it was, he was playing yeah, so insane out of he, his mind. He's he's a really, really talented football player. There's a reason he won the Heisman as a wide receiver, which is pretty rare in today's you game. So, yeah, he, he deserves a lot of credit. He's at number five. Um, let's do three and four together here because they're basically interchangeable. Um, number four here we have is Joe Tooney, and three is Creed Humphrey, the center and guard combo for the uh, for the Chiefs. The reason I put Creed slightly higher is he's a center, so generally they're calling out audibles, doing run checks, like all that stuff, communicating within the line. So I think it's slightly more valuable as a center. That's why I have him higher. But you could argue me into either. I think holding that front to zero sacks it's... and being able to produce the holes running the football that they did – against that team 
and, and everybody told him all week, oh, this pass rush, this, this defense, that didn't matter. No sacks. It was able to run the shit out of the football. That was a really, really nice game plan and a really nice execution, especially from guard center guard yeah, for the Chiefs. 100% agree. Um, and people people kind of scoff, and we had them, we had them both pretty high uh, going into the game, too. And I said, well, They yeah, were pivotal. They're, they're absolutely massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Creed, Creed Humphrey, at, Humphrey at three, Joe Tony at four. Both of the offensive lines played great. Yeah, I mean, one they, sack you know, all game. Yeah, I, and, and you, you'll notice that like Lane Johnson and Jace Kelsey aren't on here because I'm honest with you, they didn't run like the Eagles did not run the football as well no. as they needed to. Yeah, because if they were able to, they would have held on to that lead. They, point blank, the run blocking was was shaky for Philadelphia, but like pass rush wise, oh pass have, rush was you a have Chris Jones who was the sack leader this yeah. year, and then you have the sack leading team, and there was one sack recorded in the entire game. It's insane. I know. All right, number two here, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I, I thought that was one of the best performances I've ever seen in a loss yeah. uh, in Super Bowl history, right? So four total touchdowns, three on the ground, one through the air. Now, he did have the fumble. So in my mind, it just negates just because it went back literally on the same play. Mm-hmm. Call it three total touchdowns. Um, I, I the, the quality of throws from somebody who's not known as a pure passer was what himself. impressed me. He proved himself. Uh, if there was any doubt if you were going to sign him or should you sign him or whatever – I think you could kind of put that to bed now. In the you biggest stage, he had the best game of his career. Um, and, and like I said, the fact there was still room for improvement is a credit to him and his work ethic and, and what I know he's going to be able to do, which is improve on that. The thing that stuck out to me was his toughness, right? Yeah, and You can 100%. play on an injured shoulder like that. Throwing In, shoulder, that's throwing ridiculous. Shoulder, and then he goes out and he still takes the brunt of every hit because if you didn't watch the game, he ran the ball about 150 times. He was so, moving. Um, being able to just... Put the team on your back like that when you are that much in pain. Let them you, in you saw it. We talked about it earlier. You could see the amount of pain he was in when he made when he threw that Hail Mary. It was an awful throw because uh, he could not pick his arm up at that point of the game. I mean, both of the quarterbacks in this game were extremely tough, but Jalen Hurts, I think, is just yeah. a different level. Our right, number one, Patrick Mahomes, as if there was any doubt, the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, we will begin – I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we will begin the third segment with a little bit of a discussion on Patrick Mahomes, but I think – that that run on a bum ankle is a top three play in his young career, um, given the circumstances against what is what was a historic pass rush with one leg going into the game and then gets hurt, so he's even more in pain. Can even has less mobility, more less strength. Right, so impressive to be able to pull off a couple of those scrambles late in that football game, um, and then not to mention playing a legitimate perfect half perfect second half one incompletion and it was a throwaway yeah that's just it's <laughs> un, unbelievable i know he didn't have the yards he didn't need to have the yards. i know he only had 100, 182 or whatever through the air he didn't need to he was super efficient that's what's crazy about mahomes is he can beat you in wild fashion or he can just death by a thousand cuts efficiency accuracy timing rhythm he can do it all it's really really impressive so Mahomes comes in at one he really does not rely on one style there's a list there in case you missed any um wildly impressive uh so we'll go back through we got Travis Kelsey Nick Bolton Juju Smith-Schuster Kadarius Tony AJ Brown Devontae Smith Joe Tooney Creed Humphrey Jalen Hurts Patrick Mahomes 10 through one um kind of re-ranking the uh, Super Bowl players here do a little, almost like a second edition of uh, hits and misses here. But um, let's transition into some news. All right, story number one here. <clears throat> let's start uh, kind of in college football, NFL here. Um, former Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin has now 
Uh, he's been hired by the Ravens for their offensive coordinator opening. Um, look, I mean, he's been really successful at Georgia. I, I, I'm not X's and O's versed enough. I mean, I know I know more than the average person, but I'm not versed enough, and I haven't watched his film in depth enough to know is it going to fit with Lamar. But the one thing I will say is it's a little bit odd that they've had pretty much all relatively stationary pocket passers. Uh, I mean, think, look, Justin Fields transferred out of there. So I, there hasn't been a lot of, like, dual threat to the level like Lamar is. So I, yeah. I'm i not sure about the fit. Um, like I said, I'm not X's and O's nitty-gritty enough to know, oh, well, he generally likes to run out of 11 personnel more, and, well, the Ravens are more of a 12 personnel team. I, uh, whatever. Um, but I just know that he hasn't worked with a guy – like Lamar, at least in the recent memory. So I, I don't know how it works. We'll see how it goes. But, I mean, you can't deny the success he's had at Georgia. Right. And I think when you look at it from a pure, like, change perspective, when you're, when you're looking at college to the NFL, a coordinator position does not have nearly the same failure rate that a head coach does, mainly because you're not no. dealing head-on with the drama. You're not the head guy. You're not taking all of the flack for everything that's going on. You're in more of... I don't want to say administrative, but more like play design. And yeah. it just yeah. kind of calling the plays rather than being in the mix with all the players. Yeah. Um, so That's interesting. I think the transition will be smoother than maybe some of the head coaches that we've seen go from college to pro. Yeah. But I think I mean, he obviously knows his stuff. Georgia has had tons of success. And it will be interesting to see how things play out with like a Lamar. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. If, if it's a Lamar. I don't know how it fits. I don't know. Um, all right, let's go story number two here. The World Baseball Classic, WBC rosters, and the uh, the pools have been released, so it's kind of set up very similar to, to like a World Cup uh, type thing where you have a pool, you got to make it through pool play, you yeah. got elimination, all that, right? Um, and I mean, you, you get a lot of stars. Like, the Dominican Republic's loaded, loaded. Um, so is, uh, like I'm trying to think, like Venezuela is really good. Um, Puerto Rico is, is loaded. The U.S. is always up there. Um, and then you'll usually get... It, one of like the Asian countries, whether that be like the Chinese Taipei is always really good. Uh, China itself is good. Uh, Japan's always pretty good. So usually one of them kind of separates uh, from the others, and, and kind of same with like Puerto Rico, Cuba, Puerto uh, Dominican. So one yeah. of them kind of separate. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Obviously pulling for the U.S. Are you kidding me? The U.S. of A. Baby. Honestly, I should have a little flag. Just <laughs> so it starts. So it starts March seventh. You know what? I'll have a flag for that week for that episode. I'll have a little. We'll start playing. Uh, yeah, we'll do that, and we'll play uh, Toby Keith. Oh, speaking see? of which, though, so can we just uh, digress for a minute? How about that national anthem from uh, Chris, Chris Stapleton? Better than the was, halftime show. That was the best rendition I have ever heard. Best. Not he even might close. Be, he might be one of the most talented. Vocalist, regardless of what type of music you like, I might be a little bit biased on country music, but I know people that don't even love country music that love Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I mean, just the 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 vocal talent that he has. It's like the Patrick Mahomes of music, of country music. I might coin that phrase. Put it, put it on a shirt. Put it on a shirt. Buy it in the shop the next month. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I'm serious. It was that was good. But, uh, yeah, anyway, like I said, the WBC starts March 7th. I'll be looking forward to that. Love baseball. That's, that's always a really, really nice event. So, oh, can't wait for that. All right, store number three here. Absolutely insane five-round fight. So, Alexander Volkanovsky moved up in weight class to fight 
Islam Makachev, we one both of the best this, right? grapplers. Yeah, not together, but yes, both both watched it. Uh, so they fought this past Saturday, resulting in a unanimous decision in favor of Islam. Now, I will say, I also had Islam. I had him winning. Um, 48-47. There was a card, though, that was 49-46. That person should never get to judge a, a UFC fight again. There is no way that Islam took all, uh, four out of five rounds. I'm just not buying it. Yeah, no. I'm not buying it at all. It was a 48-47. Um, and I thought it should honestly probably be split decision. I figured one of the judges would probably lean Volk. Um, the interesting thing is Volkanovski is a fantastic on-the-feet striker. And he could still ground and pound a little bit, but he's known for his striking. On the flip side, Makachev is known for his ground and pound, his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu, all that is probably the best in the UFC right now, to, yeah. regardless of size. Um, but Volk's takedown defense and his ground and pound was really impressive. He was able to hold his own on the ground. And on the flip side, Makachev landed a lot of good strikes on Volk. So, I mean, it was an interesting fight. Very contrast, like very contrasting styles. Yeah. Um, but it was a great fight. But yeah, anyway, Islam won. Uh, probably the best pound-for-pound fighter right now in the UFC. I think so. Right, and, he's got to be. So, so here's here's the only pushback that people are going to give is that he's not the most entertaining. Um, kind of like so. So Adesanya is very similar in regards to Izzy is a phenomenal counter striker, right? He's but he's not going to go insane, wild, offensive, put himself in a vulnerable spot just to knock you out. He is going to stay in the pocket. He's going to stay patient. Leg kicks, body shots, yeah. and he's going to take his moment when it gets there. Um, and, and, and both of them are going to have insane motors. Makachev, similarly, like a lot of people don't understand and don't. I don't want to say don't enjoy, but they don't. They'd rather watch a stand up fight more so uh, than like a ground and pound fight. So a lot of people don't like right. the the aesthetics of a Makachev, but he's unbelievable. But once it goes to the ground, it it's very technical. And if you're not like yeah. technically versed in in UFC, it's kind of tough to pay attention. I have to say. That was one of the best fights, though. That was unbelievable. I remember watching in like recent history. Um, I was uh, at a, yeah. I was at a bar. I was in the perfect setting for it. Right, you get the big reactions yeah. from everybody that's around you. That's got to be unbelievable. Uh, especially, yeah, especially when you're a couple of, uh, of Miller Light. Oh, we're not gonna white huggies. White huggies deep. White huggies. Um, it was it was a fantastic time. Fantastic fight. The only thing that I wish. Is that Joe Rogan called every single fight? I understand yeah. he only does the Look, North American stuff, yeah. but he, if he was on the call, that would have been, been better. ten times better. And, and I like Bisping, but he's not. He's, he's not Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's not Joe Rogan. So that's Michael Bisping, right? My, no, no, it was. Um, uh, I'm sorry, not Bisping, dude. You got to look it up. Got to look it up. Um, no, the one thing uh, that I did want to say. So, so Islam. He's super, like like you said, technical. When you go to the ground, I'm no, I'm no, you know, master by any by any means in, in wrestling. But I've watched, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how many fights. He is probably the best wrestler and the best grappler that I've seen. Um, and what's interesting is so Bo Nickel, he's a uh, former like national four time national championship from Penn State wrestler. I I don't even know if they're in the same weight class. That's how much I don't know about Bo Nickel. But either way, if they are, that would be an interesting fight. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, it was one of the best fights that you remember in recent history. I'm trying to think. So, I mean, you're looking at, like, Nganu, Cyril Gon was a good one. Um, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, when Michael Chandler front kicked Ferguson right Michael in the chin. Michael Bisping, you were right. Was it Bisping? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was Bisping. Uh, is he an Aussie? I don't know. I didn't click on his Wikipedia. Look him up again. I'm pretty sure that, that's also why. That was in Australia. 
because Volkanovsky fights out of Australia. I think he's actually from there, which I thought he was Russian. I don't know. Call me stereotypical, but anytime I hear a ski, I'm just assuming. American and British. Makes me an ass, I guess. He's American, British. Okay, so yeah. he's got that, that little, little hint of the accent there. Yeah. All right, story number four here. He's so, 6'1", if you were wondering. 6'1"? Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I was, no, I was going to stay up at night. Uh, so, fourth story here. It's interesting. Not a lot of people are talking about it. James Bradbury was wearing dark green gloves in the Super Bowl. Um, and it's noteworthy because obviously the Chiefs were wearing white, and I didn't think much of it um, until I remembered a story that Belichick, or I guess I think it was Julian Edelman, or one of the players from the you know the Patriots dynasty, told a story that anytime, especially especially in big games, Belichick would tell the players whatever the color of the jersey is. If it was dark, you're going to wear for the Patriots. You wear navy blue. Mm-hmm. If it was if you're playing against the red team, the Patriots are secondary color red. You'd wear red gloves. If yeah. you're playing and they're wearing the, the opponents wearing a white jersey, you're going to wear white gloves. Right, you get away with a little bit more on the edges with holding. It's tougher to see. It's it's a real thing. These athletes are moving really fast. Um, they're colliding. It's tough for the officials to see. They're 10, 15, 20 yards away, yeah. moving fast. Bodies colliding. It makes sense. I don't. I. It's one of the it, little things in the game that you don't really it, think about. That's is it a factor? Kind of, I think it is. I think a hundred percent it is. Think about in a baseball game how important it is. Like. We never played on or a lot of stadiums that have like a batter's eye. Yeah, like, but it's being able to pick up the baseball is like it, being able to watch penalties is bang huge. bang in the same way. Yeah. Even when yeah. you're looking at like a play, like that's you know if it's going to be reviewed or not. Yeah, those things happen so quick. I agree. I agree. So I mean, I I think it's like a little bit of an edge that you know. I guess the lack thereof that kind of may have cost yeah. them a call there. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, leave it to Belichick, of course. To didn't Sean McVay do that? Recently, too? Uh, maybe. I know McVay talked about how in the Super Bowl against Belichick, he kind of got, like, out-nuanced in, like, those little in, like, areas. The little like, the little Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe Sirianni did as well. I don't know. Either way, I thought it was an interesting point. But, guys, don't go anywhere. When we come back, third segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Mahomes, what that win means for his legacy, and then we will also do a little uh, up-down-sideways. Where are NFL teams trending after the season here, going into the draft, free agency, all that? So don't go anywhere. Let's go. We are back. Third segment on Thursday, February 16th. Uh, so far, been a great episode, and we only have more football to talk. So to start this segment, we are going to have a little bit of a rant and then into a discussion on Patrick Mahomes, just how great he has been. How It was a pure spectacle, what we witnessed um, at the Super Bowl this year, and I, it is just so on brand with how he plays the game. Uh, he is... For sure, one of the standouts of the league, and we are going to discuss all of that first. And then uh, to finish up the segment, we will have up, down, sideways. I think we got seven NFL teams. Uh, we're going to give you the way that they are currently trending going into the offseason. Now, this is pre-draft. I'm assuming that we're going to do another one of these after the draft. And once yeah. we can um, we yeah. kind of look draft, free agency, and, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, once some coaches move around and, and we get some, uh, new staff in some places. So it will be interesting to keep up and follow. So make sure you go to theissuesports.com. Sign up, subscribe wherever you listen. That way you don't miss an episode and you get all of the content that we are putting out here every single week, every single Thursday. Um, and we appreciate you guys listening. So, yeah, go head on over to theissuesports.com and follow on all the social medias. Right, right. And I, and I know, uh, so I started, I started the episode kind of talking about, you know, the penalty and, and Philadelphia and how, you know, they can complain if they want, but at the end of the day, like, you got to get a stop in the second half. Um, and I mean that is the reality of the situation. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's on the other sideline. You gotta you gotta get a couple stops, at least one in the second half. No stops, 
in the second half is a little bit ridiculous, I would say. Um, but but I will admit that it's easier said than done when you're facing a talent like Mahomes, coached by a guy like Andy Reid, with really, really solid weapons. Now, we know that the receiving core isn't all that, but you got Travis Kelsey, two good backs, um, and like I said, probably the best coach in football, the best offensive coach, arguably, in, in the history of the game. So, But here's something that, that's just crazy about Patrick Mahomes is... is Oh, early in his career, he was very—he was more high-flying, big throws across his body on the run, fifty yards down the field, almost Madden-level stuff where you're playing with like a reckless abandon. But it was just everything was everything was working. He was going all in. Everything was coming up royal flush. I mean, it was—he was—he—he he couldn't miss, right? He was a—he was a shooter on a hot streak, couldn't miss, right? And what's become so fascinating to me is he has not only pivoted from that, he has gone so far away from that on a game-by-game basis, yet that's still in the bag of tricks if it's needed. What I mean by that is he used to be, like I said, a little less efficient, a little more high-flying, push the ball downfield. He's become one of the most efficient players in NFL history. I mean, it, it, it's turned into recently, it could be death by a thousand cuts. I mean, here's six yards here, seven yards there. There's 11. Oh, third and one. Dip it off to the running back. There's four. Keep the chains moving. Right? He only had 187, 182, something like that yards in the Super Bowl. It wasn't wildly impressive. It's six incompletions. Won the entire second half as a throwaway. Right? So what he's been able to do, pivoting from this high-flying, high-risk player to one of the most efficient, safe, accurate quarterbacks in football is incredible. And And... And the success he's been able to have while doing it. It's not like he took a down year. It was like, oh, I, we're kind of reworking the offense here. We lost Tyreek, and I'm kind of becoming a, di- a little bit of a different player. We're going to rework. We're going to retool. A little bit of a down year. We'll just make the playoffs, maybe get bounced first, second round, whatever, right? No. No. It was worst season as a pro as a Pro Bowl. You know, pro Bowl, division title. Lost at home in the AFC Championship game in overtime. That's his worst season as a pro. His best season, MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, set the record for the most yards in the history of the league in a season, played an entire playoff run on damn near one leg, and looked spectacular doing it. That's his best season. His worst is an AFC Championship overtime loss. Overtime. Overtime. Right? It's, it's incredible what he's been able to do and maintain this level of success. It's something I I know Brady had three in his first five years. He also had three in his first fourteen years, right? That's I'm not worried about that. The trajectory he is on right now and what he has already done. If he retired tomorrow, I think he'd be the third best quarterback in NFL history. I think you gotta put Brady one. I don't think that's an argument. Before I reveal two, I, I think he's better than Peyton. I think the, the the physical ability of Patrick Mahomes is better than Peyton Manning. I know Peyton has the five MVPs, but the two Super Bowl MVPs and the two MVPs for Mahomes, I think, trumps that along with the physical talent. I think he's better than a big Ben who also has two. I don't think it's particularly close. Now, I know Ben had two in his first four or five years, um, and Mahomes also has that, And but Ben never got back. He got back once lost. He never never was able to maintain that success. I mean, who knows if Mahomes is going to, but I have a feeling he'll be back, right? I have a feeling he'll be back. 
trying to think of other guys that have two. Like, uh, I think Brett Favre has one. Aaron has one. Now, I know it's not all about titles, but I think he's better than both of them. I don't think it's particularly close. I think he's much more amenable. He's a better teammate. I think he's more coachable. Um, so I, and, and so number two, to me, I would say Joe Montana right now is slightly ahead of him. What he was able to do to lead and captain that dynasty deserves a lot of credit. Now, I don't think Mahomes has to get four, though, to pass him. I think if Mahomes gets one more and another MVP, I think he passed him. I don't think it's particularly close after that. Yeah. That's my that's my claim for Patrick Mahomes. That's my my little fanboy moment there. I just think he's could the league be in better hands? That that's one thing I, I, I saw, you know, even after the press the press conferences, right? He's given his the flowers to Jalen. Jalen's given him right back. They're both so humble. And Mahomes is just I'm like, could the league be in better like could the Super Bowl MVP and the League MVP have gone to a better person and a better player? No. No. Point blank, no. That's that's the exact right answer. No. Um, it gets, it gets dicey when you start comparing Mahomes to like some of these guys that are thought of as greats and, and then are greats because he's been here just for so little time. Right. When you are comparing Patrick Mahomes to an Aaron Rodgers, I agree. I think Patrick is more talented. I think Patrick, he obviously wins more. He wins bigger games more often than Aaron does. Couldn't agree more. Um, but it's just hard because you have the years and years of like legacy of Aaron and Green Bay. And, yeah. But like, I mean, so what, it, it, what Aaron has what four MVPs? Yeah, I, I know that's impressive. But it's it's impressive. But when you look at a pure talent comparison from that standpoint, who's better? You have to give it to Mahomes. And I know I know Aaron throws a beautiful football, beautiful football. But Mahomes is better. It's, and he wins more. He does. Um, and, and it's the big pivotal games that I think oh, really stand out. A hundred percent. It's just, it is actually insane to think about. Because how often can you compare somebody that's been in the league for five years to somebody that was in the league for 18, like just, Ben Roethlisberger? But, like, at the same time, he has already surpassed Ben and really anything that Ben has ever done. <laughs> right. And so, I, like, right now, a lot of people have something, like, over him, right, per se. Like, Aaron's got the four MVPs, and, and, and Peyton's got five MVPs, and Montana's got four rings. Brady has, what, seven. I think what Mahomes has over anybody is he is the youngest quarterback to have a legitimate and, I would argue, concrete argument for a top-five player of all time. Yeah. Right now, if he retired today. I think this is the youngest I've ever been— I've ever seen where you can actually definitively say, I think if he retired tomorrow, he's a top five quarterback of all time. I think so. I think he's a top 10 player of all time, regardless of position. If he retired tomorrow, have you seen a quarterback go through as much pain, as much adversity at times as Patrick Mahomes and still play at the top of his game unfazed? Like the only thing that comes to my mind is Philip Rivers playing on a torn ACL, but like you said, top of his game, Philip wasn't on top of his no. game. It was gutsy. With, he was still good, with a but high, he wasn't that. With a high ankle sprain, wasn't that. Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl scrambled for a 35-yard gain up the middle on an insane Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah. If yeah. that doesn't say greatest of all time to you, I'm not sure what does. Also, yeah. I've seen Patrick Mahomes make throws that I didn't even know were humanly possible to be made at the NFL level. How about the one where he's literally sideways to the ground, no feet on the ground, that was in the Super not Bowl even against a hand Tampa. on the ground, yeah. throwing with nothing attached to the ground? Do you guys know how physics works? That shouldn't be possible. And to throw a dart like he did. 
and and for it to be dropped in the end zone of the Super Bowl. Um, it is uh, the, the things he's able to do are he's quite a marvel. They are game changing, and um, I mean just all time great moments couldn't in agree football. More. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that, that that's a perfect way to end that little that little discussion there. Let's go ahead and actually get into up down sideways uh, for those who might be new. Uh, game we kind of go through here. We're going to go through. We have seven NFL teams today. Right now, today, right we're postseason, um, and we're kind of heading into the draft. We're looking at like cap space, draft picks. You know who's returning, who has the possibility to return, um, the momentum of the team, all that. Up down sideways. Are they trending up down? Are they kind of a going sideways right? like like just just average right pretty yeah. average um so we'll get into that we got the seven players let's go start with uh the pittsburgh steelers hometown team here actually actually speaking of pittsburgh we're gonna start with pittsburgh <laughs> you, we we talked about this a little bit great new name and we yeah and i you just it, like I, I almost forgot until right now we're from pittsburgh why not embrace it yeah so it was your it was your idea go ahead and unveil the new named up down sideways well really it just started because uh Frankly, I I just write stupid things, and uh, I, I was coming up with a name to you know jot down here for for the teams that we have uh, uh, in our list. And up, down, sideways. Well, what do you usually hear when you go downtown to a Stiller game? So the up. new name of this segment is up, down, sideways. Dan. Dan spelled D A H N. Up, down, sideways. That might be a shirt. So we're going downtown. The Heinz Field, none of that accuracy. It's Dantan Heinz Field. Absolutely. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Get yourself a permit. Hard nosed defense. An ice cold Iron City. Get down here. Talk about how Dick LeBeau is the best to ever do it. All right, we're done. <laughs> we're done here. So let's start with Pittsburgh. I'm going to go trending up. Uh, first of all, rookie quarterback on a, or I'm sorry, second year quarterback on his rookie contract. We know historically that that's kind of the way to shape the roster around a quarterback who's not making a ton of money yet. Yeah. Um, and let's be real here. Let's be honest about Kenny Pickett. The last five or six games, he played really good football. Turned the football over less, was more productive, started to use his legs in better, like in more wise ways. Like he's not wasn't just running like crazy, but when he needed to, he was getting outside the pocket. He was moving good. Um, so we got to be honest about Pittsburgh. They're, they are an, an ascending team. They have cap space. They have basically two first-round picks. They yeah. have the, um, what, the 17th right now. And then they also have... Like uh, the 34th. Well, no, 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 32nd. But oh, yeah. it's technically a second-round pick because Miami vacated their first-round pick. Um, so we got a second-round pick from the Bears, their second-round pick. Well, they're leading, they're leading off, right? They're, they're number one overall. So their second-round pick would have been 33 but since Miami vacated, they had their, they they got their pick vacated, so there's only 31 first round picks. So we get the 32nd pick, which is basically a first round pick. Yeah, that's huge. So I mean, that's a that's a trending up team. Uh, that 100% is and uh, draft capital, cap space. You know, you saw young quarterback you, on the rise. You saw what you needed to with Kenny this year. 100%. That was the big thing. He didn't have to look like an MVP. Yeah. He didn't have to win you an AFC Championship game. He didn't have to take you to the playoffs. All you had to do was to make sure you didn't miss on Kenny last year. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and we saw that. Steelers going up. Makes sense. All right, so let's go with the Buffalo Bills. So I, I'm going to go down here. I'm, I'm actually looking up the cap space right now because I totally forgot to look that look, up. Look, it's shaky because we've now seen Josh Allen take a step back without Brian Dayball, and it's interesting. Like, you can't – So, I mean, right now the Bills are $20 million over the cap going to this year. Yeah, you can't bank on so that. So no cap space. Draft capital is fine, but they're 
they're so good that they're not going to be drafting in the top 15, 10, 15 no. for the next what? Until Josh Allen is done. Is done, yeah. Seriously. So, so your drafts are going to be okay, but you really got to hit on late round picks. And you don't have any cap space. And let's be real about this. Without Brian Dable, without the really, really good coordinator that he was, Josh Allen regressed. Let's call it what it is. Yep. There's no run game. I don't like the offensive line. I think outside of Stephon Diggs, there's not a go-to number two target. It didn't look creative at all. Like the one thing that I like, agree. stood out with Buffalo like two years ago was how creative that offense was and how they could build a scheme around Josh Allen. Did not see much of that this year. I would so agree. How, how are you going to like bank on that, hang your head on that organization trending up as a whole? It's just on Josh Allen's shoulders, and without Dable, he's regressed. I can't count on that. 100%. Bills All are right. going down. Let's go with Dallas. Um, I think Dallas is a clear going down Another as well. descending team. Yeah. yeah, another descending team. So Dak's contract starts to kick in. Let's see. With the cap, there's $7.5 over. So, I mean, <laughs> they're going to have to part ways with somebody. Um, probably one of their defensive linemen, maybe Demarcus Lawrence. I don't know. I think he's fantastic, but you might have to. Uh, you have to really start exploring, is Zeke the right guy? What's the dead cap hit on him? you got to start looking at things like that. Tony Pollard, a I would say he was a significantly, significantly better more productive back. He's more yeah. explosive. I think CD's a fine number one, but if he shows out for this year, you're gonna have to pay him. But you gotta pay Micah soon. You gotta pay Micah soon. You gotta pay CD Lamb soon. You gotta pay Trayvon Diggs soon. It's really great when you get one draft where they all hit, but it's also tough because now they're all up for a contract at the same time. You roughly. can't keep so them all. It's very, very tough. Um, I would say trending down for sure. Yeah. Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think Miami sideways feels about right to me. I, I think. If Tua comes back, which all indications are that Tua is coming back, that's a that's a 9-10 win team tops. That's probably getting bounced in the first round if they're lucky enough to get into the playoffs, to be honest. That, that that's that's kind of Is that their ceiling? It feels like their ceiling with him. It does. It does. He looks yeah. outclassed against Buffalo and New England, like the really solid defensive teams or when they play star quarterbacks, the Mahomes, the 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 Lawrence, the Herberts. It's almost like he's prepared for really easily by other teams. Yeah, but also, so the reason they're not trending down, though, I, I will say is they still have really good offensive talent. I love their coach. And let's be real, Tua is super competent. Yes. Like, he's not going to lose you games most of the time. He's going to get the ball and accurately on time. There's no, I don't have a, a, a lot against Tua. I just think in the AFC, he's at best, what, the sixth, seventh best quarterback? Yeah. That's mm. tough to win. Yeah, it is. And... Like you said, the, the pieces around Tua, the weapons that he has, the Jalen Waddle, the Tyreek Hill, the Mike Kosicki, those type of guys yeah, good backs, are yeah. the ones that are propelling him to look a little bit better than he is. I mean, you, put, the, you put him, yeah, you put him on Truck a trailer. Yeah, he, he needs those pieces to like move in the right direction for him to be able to win. Yeah. Like you toss him on a, on a less talented roster, like go put him in a Jacksonville. He doesn't have the success that a Trevor Lawrence has. 100%. That's why I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback. Oh, significantly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I agree. people are making the argument that he's not. No, that's ridiculous. All right, San Francisco. I think they're going sideways. First of all, I don't know what their quarterback situation is. And hey, look, I, I get that Brock played well. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. He was a seven-round pick for a reason. We saw for sure limitations with his arm and his ability yeah. to push the ball downfield consistently. And let's be real. A UCL injury is no joke. Right, that is no joke. That is a 18-month rehab for a baseball player if they get Tommy John. And you're telling me he's going to be back and ready for the season? I'm not buying it. I think he misses the first half of the season. Do I trust Trey Lance? Not really. He's played about, what, 10 football games in the last four years? I don't trust that. No, 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 not at all. And let's be real here. Trent Williams is aging. George Kittle's aging. Christian McCaffrey's aging. Now, granted, they still have talent. So they're not Debo's trending aging. down. 
Yeah. They're not trending down because they still have great talent, a fantastic offensive coach. And they're going to have one of the best rosters this next year, too. Yeah, and let's be real. Do we do we expect Seattle to be that good again? Probably not. I think they're about the same level, if not a little bit worse. So, And I don't think Arizona poses much of a threat. Who knows if Stafford comes back healthy? I mean, let's be real. Or that, if Stafford that, even goes back to the Rams because now there's talk of him going to the Jets. That division's not quite as good as we thought it was going into this past season. So I, I, I think sideways feels about right. I don't think, let's be real, they had, what, 12 wins? They ripped off like 12, 10, 10 12 in a row. Yeah. So at, at a certain point, it's like trending up would mean I think you're going to win more games. You look better next year than you did this year. That's 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 a high bar. Mm-hmm. So I think they're sideways. They're going to be about to that level again. Right. Uh, Minnesota, I think down. I don't think they're going to go eleven and one in one score possessions again, or, or or I'm sorry, eleven and zero in one possession games. That's that's an anomaly, right? The year before, 2021, they had they were like three and eight. In, so in I mean, they, it, games, yeah. it, it ebbs and flows. So they're not going to be eleven and zero in those close games again. Let's be real, Kirk shrinks a lot, um, and their defense is really bad. Now I know you get Flores, which is a great get. Uh, but Kirk's not getting any younger. Justin Jefferson, you're going to have to pay him soon. So what's that look like? The offensive line's not great. Uh, Dalvin Cook stayed healthy this year, but is that really... He didn't put up numbers. Not numbers, and he did miss a couple games. And I I, I don't know. I just think I think they take a step down, and I think Green Bay is going to get a little bit better. Um, they're probably going to win about 10 games, compete for the division. So I think Minnesota's a 10-11 win team, which is down from their 13. I don't think they plummet to the depths. But I don't think they're going to be another 13-14 win team again. Damn, they got lucky. They got lucky that they had that 11-0 record. And that oh, yeah, 100%. Close games. 100%. That is, that's a lot of luck. Yeah, they played well It's at points, but I, yeah, they yeah. were so shaky the plus, whole time. Plus, we expect Detroit to be a little better, too. So, Oh, yeah, I yeah. think so. Right, let's go with Cincinnati. I think sideways. I think a very similar reason for San Francisco is they set the bar pretty high. I mean, their AFC championship game almost every year now is kind of the expectation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think up would be, yep, I see them as the favorite in the AFC. I don't think that's true today. I mean, I'm not sure I haven't looked ahead far enough. We haven't been through free agency, the draft yet, so we'll get there. Um, but to say up would be like, oh, they're they're far and away the the, the contender or the, the favorite for the AFC. I don't think that's yeah. true. Uh, yeah, and since when has Cincy really started hot, like blazing out of the gates? They, they don't were, often. They lost to Pittsburgh yeah, this no. year in, in week one. Uh, they they started looked what, a little bit shaky until... Two and three or something like yeah, that? Yeah, until week six, week seven. It didn't even look like they had a semblance of a playoff run that they could muster out. No, I agree. And I, I don't think they're also going down because at the end of the day, you have Burrow, Chase. Yeah. Uh, who knows, but we'll see with Mixon. But Mixon. Mixon's talented. We'll give him that. Not the best person, but talented. Offensive line will probably get better defense. Than it. But uh, I think sideways feels about... Right for Cincinnati, but that guys, that's everything we got. Make sure you check out the store. The orders are shipping here. Can't wait. So if you bought stuff, pay attention uh, to your mail. Um, we yeah, really appreciate you guys. Uh, we stopping by. Go check out the social medias. They're all linked. All that stuff. I don't know. That's all him. Yeah. All uh, the uh, all all the links are on the website. The website yeah. link can be found in the description yep. of the episode or whatever video you are watching slash listening to. So we yep. appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Uh, we will be ne- back next week. Got a lot of cool stuff to start unveiling here in the NFL offseason. Uh, so make sure you stick around. Subscribe to that newsletter. Okay, uh, Go to theissuesports.com. It is right there, right on the homepage. Uh, go check it out, guys. But uh, that is all we have for today, and that was The Issue.